Are you ready to reach the mountaintop of your life? Do you want to turn your dreams into your reality? If that sounds like you, then welcome to the Mountaintop Motivation Podcast. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Mountaintop Motivation Podcast. Here I am with the one and only Rishi Sood. What's up, man? I'm so glad that you're here. How are you doing today? Hey, brother. It's good to see you again. I'm doing well. How, how, how are you doing? I'm doing great. It was so fun to see you in person last week uh, in California <laughs> for a Rising Tide event. That was such a blast, huh? It was a great time, man. And like, like I've told you a couple of times since we connected, um, after the, the trip, you know, people were kind of, after you come back from a trip, people are often like, well, how was it? what did you do? And I've been telling people the, the best way I could describe it, it was almost like a spiritual experience, right? Because there were so many eye opening circumstances or events or, or things that were said or meetings or things of that nature that, uh, like I said, really, I feel is going to be a goalpost moment looking back in life, you know, when everything's said and done to say that that week was such an, such a important part of my trajectory and part of my life that, uh, you know, like I said earlier, I mean, I just thank you for the experience and bringing such amazing people together. Uh, and I was honored to be a part of it. It was an amazing time. Yeah, man. And you know, I, I, oh, it was probably 2018. I was at the first time I went to a live Tony Robbins event and mm -hmm. he talked about something there. He said, look, what you really need is you need a couple different things to be able to succeed moving forward. And one of them was just, so, okay. One, one of them was just continually filling your mind, you know, continually filling your mind with positivity. Another mm -hmm. one was having coaching and, and, events where you're working with like-minded people, support, that kind of thing ongoing. But yeah. he talked about the importance of having these, um, having these immersion events three to four times a year, three mm -hmm. to four times a year, putting yourself in an immersion type event to where you can skyrocket for the next couple months, where you can skyrocket oh. for the next couple months. And then ever since that, that's something that I've practiced and I've put into play it just yeah. makes a massive difference for me personally. And that that's for the reason sure. why I put this whole thing together. Yeah. It's amazing, man. I think three or four times a year is the right, is the right, because I think three months is a good time to say, I need another one of those to help me with the next three months. Right. Because yeah, we've totally. all been to those events where we feel super jazzed up and super amazing for 24 hours. And then it's almost like, well, I'm back to my old routines or I'm not keeping up with all the things or I didn't write down or I'm not. And it's like, you visit it six, six months later. It's like, oh yeah, all those things that I wanted to do from that event how many of those things have I actually done? So I think that doing those touch points three or four times a year, like you mentioned, is the right is the right frequency to make sure that a you're doing it, but you're also doing it in such a amount of time and it's such a you know frequency that also keeps things in terms of momentum going throughout the year. And I also think that intention is big, right? So when you do these massive events and you're paying to be a part of some type of experience, like let's use Tony Robbins as an example, you want to get as much out of it as possible. So when you go into these events with the intention that I want to learn something new about myself, or I want some new awareness for my business, or I want to create some type of 
trajectory that, you know, helps me with my life overall and my, my, my journey as a human being, then that intention more often than not finds a way to manifest itself uh, in, in ways that you could never predict or ways that you could never outline. It just really is about setting that intention and letting life guide the way it needs to guide. Yeah, for sure. A hundred percent. And you know, it's interesting and we'll, we'll get into, like I said, before we started, this is a conversation more than it is an interview. And I, I find that the yes, conversations sir. are more entertaining, more enjoyable right. to listen to than a right. formal interview that you would watch on the news or something. But like, yeah. I, I think about this a lot, like, you know, the, the world is what it is over the last two years, but there's been a lot of talk of what's next. And people saying, Oh, live events are dead. It's just going to be virtual. It's just going to be that. And here, here's what I think, what I think in terms of at least what's most effective, what I think is most effective is actually a combination of the both. Cause let's say that we went three to four months. We did these live events and we met up once a quarter. It'd be great. But then what happens in between, you know, what happens in between Totally. And that's when you can do virtual stuff so that you're in, in touch a couple times a month doing that kind of thing. But then on the flip side, if you're just doing virtual, like, like, like <laughs> when we talked about just not the same kind of camaraderie happens totally. in that zoom room yeah. as yeah. when we're hanging out together, having dinner yeah. or going on a ride together or, sure. you know, just sure. laughing and shooting the breeze and doing that kind of stuff. There's, just a different connection. And I think that the way the industry is going, in my opinion, anyway, I could be wrong, but I think that we're going to see more entry level events virtual yeah. and then more of the back end events in person, almost like the back end events are going to be more of a premium type of a thing. Uh, like sure. you, you look at, you look at what Tony Robbins is doing right now and they're doing 20 to 30,000 people at the event that used to have 10 to 15,000 wow, that, yeah. you know, 10 to 15,000 is a lot, but 20 to 30,000, I mean, that's drastically different. Like he, he has said that he ended up doing over the last couple of years, 2020 and 2021, both of those years, he spoke to something like it was, it was close to 10 times the people that he normally speaks to between his events, between other events and that kind of thing. But then you go, okay, so there's so much more exposure. If you go in at the front end doing these virtual things, but then you take the back end and people it's, it's such a premium experience to get to go and see people in person and, and be yeah. there at, at the event live. Yeah. I, I completely agree with you. And I think that, uh, whether it's social media, whether it's Zoom or whether it's technology in general, we often as human beings tend to believe that the way things are now are the way things are going to be five years, 10 years from now. So when you're saying more events are going to be virtual, well, I fully agree with it because 10 years from now, Zoom isn't going to be what it is today in whatever capacity, whether it's the same company, whether it's a new player that comes into the space, but we're talking a much more immersive digital experience through things like virtual reality. Um, you know, I wouldn't put it past maybe 10 years is too, too, uh, too soon, but, but who knows? 10 years is a long time in today's world. But I also think that part of the reason that 
human interaction is more is more i mean personal obviously is because it engages all five of the senses for the most part right i mean uh you're you're literally there in person but as these technologies and these companies try and emulate that more and more because they're in the business of finding ways to get people to interact with their technologies and less in person for obvious reasons to do with their revenue they're going to find ways to build that into their infrastructure whether it's you know tactical sort of experiences where you can reach out and hold someone's hand and you actually feel that in your hand through some type of technology that you know either doesn't exist right now or is in development or exists in someone's mind as an idea um so i think that not only are business events and conferences going to become more and more like that but things like dating things like uh just initial meet and greets things like uh book clubs all of our human interactions are more and more medical going to become yeah. Medical. Med- like, sure. So like I, I was talking with someone who um, someone who's a nurse and mm-hmm. this is a nurse who works in surgery. Mm-hmm. And what she was saying is that for some of these surgeries, not all of them, but for some of the surgeries, the doctor is not actually cutting someone open. The doctor is in another room, essentially playing a video game. I mean, it's not yeah. obviously it's yeah. not a video mm-hmm. game, but but it's a computer thing that they're doing. And what they were saying is now it may be happening in some places. I don't think it's happening at least on wide scale, but think about what happens here. If that person's in the other room, if we have high speed fiber, fiber optic internet, what's the difference if that other room is in another state or another country, what's the difference? There is very little difference. And what I've heard about is like, when we're talking about specialists and things like that. Sometimes people need to fly across the country to go and see a specialist that can help them because they live in an area where that specialist isn't there. Think right. about a world, someone who lives in rural Montana can be seeing the best specialists in the world who sure. happens to be at UCLA med- med- medical, you know, and they, they can, they can do those things. Like that's the kind of stuff that's the future. But anyway, Rishi, we can get into this all day. And in fact, that's going to be a, a segue a into the segue, yeah. have with you. But <laughs> before right. we get into that, uh, people are going, Hey, this is an interesting conversation, but who the heck is this Rishi guy? So who is Rishi sued? Yeah. So I would, you know, Jake, you, you, you frame that in such a way. And it's such a good segue that, you know, I could go into my entire history and I do, I do run a marketing company, uh, reach suit consulting. We both, we do both strategic, um, as well as, uh, execution based, uh, services for our clients from a marketing perspective. So help them get seen by more and more people. Um, so that's certainly an aspect of me and my life, but I think, you know, Jake, I've, I've always to some degree been a bit of philosopher. And I think in my early stages in life, they were all philosophies within my own head and thoughts and ideas, but it's only in recent years that it has become more of an outwardly expression of who I am. And that is a theme that occurs in my life. And we'll talk about themes as we go through later into this conversation. Uh, but I've always used speaking, I've always used my voice in some capacity as a uh, delivery mechanisms for my thinking. So early on, let's call it my early 20s, I'm 32 years old now, so 10, 12 years ago, I, I was a rapper, so I used my my uh, 
my pen to write down my thoughts in lyrical format. And I use the microphone to deliver those thoughts uh, to an audience through the vehicle of music. And I loved being on stage and I loved being able to make people think in a way that they hadn't thought of before. And although I'm not doing music as my forefront, you know, day-to-day grind in my nine to five, let's call it the, the elements of which, were appealing to me and, and, and made me feel alive, I still very much bring into today's world uh, and today's version of my life. So when I speak on stage, I'm still using my voice as a mechanism to deliver some type of information. I still have a microphone in my hand. I'm still writing my ideas down. Uh, and although it may not any longer be in musical format, at least professionally, uh, many of those elements as a speaker are still being used in a way that uh, helps me feel fulfilled and uh, very much alive. So um, my, my topics are, are, you know, the traditional ones when it comes to motivation, but something that's interested me, uh, much more in the last couple of years. And I think that's, uh, the bulk of what we're going to talk about today is the nature of reality and, and how life communicates with us and how things may not appear exactly as they, as they may seem and, and what those implications mean for your life and, uh, the positive implications. I mean, you could, you could, uh, take the information we're about to talk about in any which way, but I think that there are a lot of positive positive benefits by questioning the reality around you and by using the information that life provides you in a way that uplifts you as a human being. Yeah, I think it's such a cool thing. And and so this past week at our uh, Rising Tide Connection event, you you gave this speech that was just so great. It was such a cool thing mm-hmm. and just mind bending talking about mm-hmm. the nature of reality. And I said, okay, let's mm-hmm. get on a podcast. Let's start talking about this. Yeah, And uh, you know, we're talking about the themes of the matrix and that kind of thing. And, sure. and what I wanted to start off with is just what, 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 I don't even know how to introduce this topic, to be honest with you. Let's sure. just start talking about it. So you're talking about the nature of reality and that uh, the, the, the parallels between our existence and the matrix. And mm-hmm. uh, I'll just shut up and let you start talking. Yeah, well, I think foundationally, the matrix um, isn't as much of a component as it is a tool, right? I mean, I think I use it more so as a tool to explain things, because I think that the matrix holds many, many layers of, of information and meaning that, you know, uh, are, are much deeper than your typical action movie. So the first time I watched the matrix, I watched it, uh, as a 10 year old at the time probably could have. And that's just, you know, a cool character who does things and fights bad guys and he wins at the end of the movie and life is good. Uh, but as I started, you know, really starting to, to question things in my own belief system, as I, as I got older and older in my teenage years, and certainly in my twenties, um, the matrix was very much a parallel because the more I started to expand my awarenesses and ways of thinking, the deeper meanings I started to see in the matrix. So a lot of people had, you know, an experience with the matrix movie, obviously a huge blockbuster hit. And I really think that a lot of people it resonates with for the same reasons, because it does make you question some of the underlying things about reality that we take for granted. But I didn't have one of those experience with the experiences with the matrix that uh, a lot of people did where it hit me right away. It was a slow burn throughout my life. And, and really on the last, in the last, last five to 10 years, um, I've become almost a student of the, not just the first movie, but the entire trilogy. And, you know, the fourth movie, although I'm in the camp that it wasn't quite as 
good as the first three. Um, I still think there's probably some deeper meanings that, that I have to play around with and, and watch a few more times before I make a, a judgment on the movie itself. However, I, I would say that that, that again, is, is only a tool to explain much of what we're going to talk about today. And I think that, again, it's a very vast concept to talk about. So I think the way we can start is really how I first started to question my reality. And I remember being six years old, and back then you had to go to the convenience store or a video store to, to pick up a movie to watch over the weekend. And I remember being in the car with my dad and we had picked up whatever movie that we were watching that weekend, you know, six years old. So they did pick a movie that was PG friendly that we could all watch as a family over the weekend. Uh, we picked the movie and we go back in the car and almost out of nowhere, or at least memory serves almost out of nowhere. My dad said, you know, sometimes I look around and ask, why are we here? And I remember thinking that was such a profound question because as a six-year-old, most of us aren't, you know, questioning reality or questioning anything for that matter. And that was the first time in my life that I, I, as a, as a young child, I thought to myself, wow, that, that's actually a good question. Why are we here? I've never really thought of that. You know, it's really around the age that you start being able to develop those, those thoughts into your head. Now that wasn't a, a catalyst or a spark of, of, of any type, but it was the first memory I have where I asked myself, wow, maybe there's more than meets the eye. Um, you know, flash forward, you know, 25, 26 odd years later. Uh, and I, like I mentioned in the room last week, I, I am very much a proponent that uh, I am not fully convinced that this reality is real anymore. Um, not in a sense that I'm losing my mind or I, uh, or hopefully I'm not, but in a way that uh, empowers me and the way that I have come to this conclusion. And it's not a for sure fact. I mean, I still operate, you know, my day to day fully with the parameters that this reality is real. Um, but certainly when I'm planning my own life, it, it comes to the benefit of questioning, well, maybe there are parts of this reality that are malleable. And I, I came to this conclusion by asking myself a few questions that require, in my opinion, uh, not an extraordinary amount of faith to come to that uh, analysis. So, and we'll talk through that right now. Um, the first question I have to ask myself and, and your listeners should ask themselves this as well as, as I talk through it is, am I willing to accept that there are things within this universe that are unknowable or may not appear to be the way that they seem? Uh, and that is a premise that I think most people are willing to accept. Like, yeah, there are things within the universe that, I mean, I, I just don't know. And I cannot know because my human brain is too small to comprehend it. Um, and there are probably things in this universe that don't appear the way that they do. Uh, that is not a premise that I find most people have a difficult time embracing. Uh, so if we can accept that premise, and if you listen to that and say, okay, well, that makes sense, then we'll take it a step further and say, well, your life is a subset or a microcosm of the universe. So if you accept that there are things within the universe that are unknowable or may not appear the way that they seem, then you should be willing to accept. And this is where a, a bit of a leap of faith occurs that, well, your life is a, is a part of the universe. Therefore, you must be willing to accept or, or at least play around with the idea that your life may be unknowable or may, you know, um, hold parts of it that are uh, not quite as they appear to be. And if you're willing to accept that, then we take it one step further and say, well, if we're talking about the scale of the universe, then that means that your life could be any number of things that may or may not be 
relative to your current belief system. It, because again, if we're willing to accept the universe is not no, or there are parts of the universe that are not knowable or may not appear the way they seem, your life is part of that universe, a subset of that unknowable or potentially uncertain universe, um, then we have to accept that at the scale of the universe itself, that there are a multitude of actual things that might be occurring that we call life. Um, and if that's the case, then it's just as likely that we are random acts of the universe and biological uh, crude matter, as Yoda says in Star Wars, um, as this might be some type of simulation or this might be some type of dream world. Or in fact, this might be a figment of your imagination. Now, this might seem like a crazy concept, but if you're willing to accept the premises that we just discussed, then it's really not that far fetched to say this could be any number one of those things or or anything that I haven't thought of myself or, or we're not even thinking about or talking about today, uh, because again, we're talking about the scale of the universe. Um, so that is, is, is a positive. Go, go yeah. yeah. So one thing that I was unclear of as you were yeah. giving your speech and I took what I took from it and got a lot of benefit from it. But mm -hmm. what I, what I was unclear of is, are you saying that you believe, you know, one of the things you talked about is the possibility of this, this, the nature of reality being a simulation, mm -hmm. what you were saying, you know, very similar to the matrix. Are you saying, and let me finish the question before you go and answer, because there's sure. two parts. Are you saying that you believe that this world, that this life is some kind of simulation, or are you saying that we cannot know and therefore, there are an infinite number of possibilities of what the nature of this reality could be. And that opens us up to many different possibilities. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So to answer your first question, I am more of a proponent that there is a less than commonly discussed raison d'etre, right? That this reality is not what we've been told, not by any malicious reason or any, you know, evil conspiracy, like some people talk about, but just that the reality that we have found ourselves in, in my opinion, is more likely to be something that we have not yet grasped as a species than it is that we are just biological random acts of nature. Um, mm -hmm. So hopefully that answers your first question. I have not yet come to the conclusion of this is any which number of potential, like I said, it could be a simulation, it could be a computer world, it could be a dream world. Um, but I think what I'm willing to accept right now is I am more likely to believe that it's one of those than it is we were just born one day and we will die. And then it's just black and there's nothing else that has anything to do the, the, the totally. traditional, the traditional, you know, meaning of reality, as you call it. Um, the second, the second part of your question, I would say that it is best to embrace a philosophy that empowers you as a human being, because if it could be any number of things and it's unknowable, why would you default to the negative? Why wouldn't you just accept something positive for yourself if it's just as likely that it is some type of positive experience that it is some negative experience? And, you know, again, at the scale of the universe, this could be some inherently negative world. And if you look at much of the third world, much of the developing world, you would see much more evidence that this is a negative reality than a positive one. That being said, seeing the heights that some people reach to and the level of joy and love and excitement and, and all of the positive attributes that life grants us, 
Um, I, I don't believe it to be inherently negative. I believe that there are forces within our knowing that whether you want to call it karma, whether you want to call it the law of attraction, whether you want to call it reincarnation, but there are elements beyond our knowing right now that contribute to the type of life that you live. But I think the first step in creating a positive life is embracing a positive, positive philosophy about how life unfolds. Yeah. So if you're willing to accept the uncertainty about life itself, I'm not sure that I'm the guy to say that there's any type of philosophy you should embrace. But what I will say is you're much better off embracing a positive one than a negative one. Yeah. Well, I like that idea. If you go, okay, if there's a lot of uncertainty uh, uh, based on the nature of reality and look, I have my mm-hmm. own thoughts and my own beliefs of mm-hmm. what I think that this world is. Mm-hmm. Um, and everyone is going to have those kind of different things. Of course. But a lot of people get stuck in this idea of like, well, I can't know. So therefore I can't believe anything. And what you're saying is why not adopt the philosophy that's going to be empowering and help you? Absolutely. Like, you know, I say things like this world is happening for you and not to you. Life is happening mm-hmm. for you and not to mm-hmm. you. Do I mm-hmm. know that? Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. But it helps mm-hmm. me to believe that because when I of believe course. that I see more of it. And when I believe that, even when something is challenging, let's just put in a a perspective like this. When something challenging happens, it's easy for us to immediately go into, this is bad. This is a bad thing. This is a bad thing. Right. But the truth is, is any bad thing can create a good thing. But if we're looking for the bad and we dwell upon the bad, then we're going to just continue to focus on the bad. But if I have the attitude that everything is for me, this focus on the good attitude, if I Mm -hmm. have that attitude, when something bad happens, I can Mm -hmm. keep looking for the good in that bad until I find it. And it will eventually come out. Eventually, one day I will say, I gained this from that experience. Absolutely. I gained this from that experience. That's where I gained this perspective. That's where I gained uh, this skill. That's where I gained this ability. That's where, oh my goodness, I missed out on this. Mm-hmm. And who knows what would have happened. One thing Gary Vaynerchuk talks totally. about a lot is he was, uh, he, he skipped out on the angel round of Uber and he was friends with, with, yeah, I believe it's Travis, the founder And he was offered a a position in that angel round and he said, no. And he gets asked a lot, does he regret it? And his answer is so interesting. He says, I don't really live in regret. And he says, this is how I choose to see the world. I don't know why things happen the way that they happen, but for all I know, if I had taken that, if I had taken that, angel round, maybe just maybe I would have been invited to some kind of an event in some different city outside of my home. And maybe I would have been there for that event. And maybe I would have crossed the street without looking and been hit by been hit by a truck. I don't know, but he said, I choose to see things in that way where I go, I have no regret because yeah. I don't know what would happen. Absolutely. Had I done that kind of thing. And it's like, we might as Absolutely. well adopt a positive viewpoint. Absolutely. And I think people, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk, obviously everyone knows. And then I think we as human beings sometimes think that the rules of, 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 of people like Gary Vaynerchuk or celebrities, the rules to them don't apply to us. 
But that is completely erroneous thinking, and we can break it down to a day-to-day example. You know, how often have we had an experience where we're driving through traffic and someone cuts us off or we're getting every single yellow light and we're getting late to the meeting, whatever the case might be? The same example applies. You know, had you made that green light or had that person not cut you off, you might have been at the exact place at the exact time that a truck just plowed through the intersection and you would have been the recipient of a terrible tragedy in your life. And we get angry in those situations that this person cut me off or I'm getting nothing but yellow lights. Of course, this has to happen to me. But you don't realize some of the things that are happening that are invisible, right? In the sense that you don't know how things are going to unfold. So had you made every green light that day, had that person not cut you off, had you been 20 minutes early to the meeting, you might have been at the wrong place at the wrong time. So are those things black? Blessings or are they are they curses or are they blessings? I would yeah. choose, like Gary Vaynerchuk has decided to do, that I would rather look at the latter and say, well, those things, like you said, are happening for me and not to me. And those that that type of philosophy, again, embracing the positive outlook is what helps you in your day-to-day interactions with life. Um, because now you become less of a uh, reaction or re- reactionary person to things that are happening to you because you've adopted the philosophy, well, the red light is really working in my in my best interest or that, that, that uh, decline proposal is working in my best interest or that opportunity that I didn't invest in 20 years ago, which has gone on to make billions of billions of dollars, was for my best interest. Um, I think that whatever philosophy you embrace, Jake, what it comes down to is that this reality in some way, shape or form is malleable. Um, It's not as rigid as as most of us believe it is. It's something that you can mold uh, and it's molded through your thoughts, your beliefs and your actions. So a lot of the the kind of, you know, uh, philosophies that exist in the personal development world are, are, hard to believe sometimes because you have accepted a rigid version of reality to say that, well, my thoughts don't make a difference or my actions don't make a difference. Um, That is a rigid structure to the universe. I think you need to believe in a certain amount of structure, but you also need to keep enough flexibility within the universe to say that, well, I can't accomplish that because if, if, this reality is not what it appears to be, then why are your dreams so, so, so hard to embrace? Why is it so hard to believe that five years from now, you could be the business tycoon you want to be, or you can be the music star you want to be, or you can be the, the restaurateur or the painter or the copywriter or the X discipline that you envision in your dreams. I don't think your dreams are given to you for the sake of well, what if, or, or, or to tease you or to make you feel bad about yourself, I think your dreams are given to you for the purpose of accomplishing them. Um, and, and if you're willing to accept a less rigid universe, then you empower yourself to be able to reach the heights that you dream about. Yes. Yes. The other sort of philosophy that, um, again, I've sort of embraced, which is sort of in the same token of what we've been talking about, is there's a quote in a book um, called Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, and it's all small stuff. And Mm. he says, pretend, and and it's basically a compilation of quotes that kind of just make you look at things a little bit differently and feel better about yourself. Uh, And he says, play this game with your, and and I'm paraphrasing, but he says, play this game with yourself that um, everyone that you interact with, whether it's a person on the TV, whether it's your spouse, whether it's a friend or family member or a coworker or so on and so forth, um, they are all enlightened 
and you are not. So basically everyone else in humanity is enlightened, but you're kind of this, this student, you're someone who's trying to be enlightened. And the goal of all of the people around you in the world itself is to enlighten you. Now, sometimes what we do as someone who is trying to enlighten you is come in the format of friends and family who support us. So yeah, Jake, we love you. You're great. Keep going, buddy. But we know because we're trying to enlighten you. And again, because we are talking about the questioning of reality, and maybe I'm talking directly to your listeners as they play this game and serving as a vessel for them to learn this lesson. But sometimes we come to you in the format of friends or podcast interviewees or, or, or whatever to give you positive messages. But sometimes we come to you in the form of enemies, of people who have broken your heart, of business partners who have betrayed you, of friends who have talked smack behind your back, about bosses who have mistreated you, because we know that hearing how great you are all the time is not necessarily the best way to enlighten you. Sometimes, and this happens all the time, someone gets fired from a job and they say, it is my life's goal now to make sure I become a success because I need to prove that person wrong. Now, when they actually accomplish their dreams by the spark of them being fired, was that boss a, a detriment or was it a assist? Was that, an, was that a person of value to them who was able to take them to the next level? I think the answer is, well, that boss allowed me to create the end result of my life that was very, very beneficial to what I actually wanted to accomplish. So is that a friend or a foe? Well, it's all about your perspective. Um, if they indeed create a positive change in your life, then I would be willing to accept that they might actually be more of a friend to you than some of your best friends who only mm -hmm. message you once a week, maybe, and don't really give you any type of value at all, except well, how was the football game? What did you think? Um, we come to you in different modalities. And I think this is a very empowering quote unquote game to play with yourself because now you become a recipient to life's messages and your relationships improve because now you're not looking at people at face value. You're looking at them at them as messengers. Um, your, your, your overall outlook improves. You get less reactive in your day-to-day -day circumstances because if someone cuts you off in a meeting, well, let me hear what they have to say because they might say something that's very impactful to me or they're interrupting me, maybe I need to find a way to develop my skill set so I know how to stop that from happening. And if I develop some type of communication expertise, which ultimately leads me to developing a communications company, and that hits millions and millions of dollars, well, the person who interrupts me in the meeting is actually a very great benefit to my life. Um, so again, playing this game and looking at life as a messenger of the messages that you need to receive to, to expand your, your growth is such an amazing way to allow yourself to develop as a human being. But it can only happen if you question the actual structure of reality itself, because otherwise you're not going to believe it enough to allow these messages to come through and be aware enough to apply what messages you're getting. Yes. I think that's such a cool thing. Now I'll just say this was before we keep going here, you know, this is, this is a conversation where we're talking about ideas and thoughts. And, and uh, oh. as I bring up this next topic, I know that there's a lot of people who have a lot of certainty around this and nothing that I'm saying is meant to offend. We're just talking ideas. Mm -hmm. Now, as you're talking about this, um, the thoughts that I, I have is I go, okay, when you're talking about the idea of like the, the, um, 
nature of reality and this being a simulation and that being that, like mm-hmm. in my mind, what you're describing is no different than one who believes in a God sure. who has sent us here in this world. Sure. And here we are living this, this life here. Absolutely. There's no, to me, there's no difference what you're calling a simulation. Mm-hmm. There's no difference between, you know, at the event, you said, who's to say that after, after we die, we take off our goggles and go, Oh my gosh, that was a crazy game that I just played. Yeah, you know, that was absolutely. one of the things we were talking about, mm-hmm. but what's different about that? You know, I, I believe personally, and I have a very liberal view of my faith. You know, I grew up in a very uh, religious uh, yeah. home and a very religious yeah. community. And, yeah. but I've taken that in a very liberal way where I see things as, Hey, we've always, we've always existed. We existed before this world. Mm -hmm. We're going to continue to exist after that world. Mm -hmm. And I think that our only purpose here in this life is to learn and grow so that we can be better with whatever comes next. So we can learn and grow in that for some reason. And who knows what it is. I have ideas, I have thoughts, but I, I, as I get older and older, I have less and less certainty like you said about the nature of reality, I have less and less and less certainty. I'll say this about the details of it. I have more and more certainty about the existence of what I call God. Mm -hmm. One may call uh, that entity, the universe, a greater power, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. But the point is, is as we look at this, um, I have less and less certainty of the details of it, even though I have thoughts and ideas, but I do believe this, our purpose in this life is that for Mm -hmm. some reason, whatever Mm -hmm. this higher power is decided that we need to have this experience in order to become better because we existed before we're going to exist after, but for some reason we need to come here and to learn and to grow. Now, if your attitude is based on growth, if your attitude is based on growth, if that's the outcome, see, we want something easy. We want to get, we say we want to get to our goals, but in reality, do we actually want to get to our goals or do we really want to grow and be the person who can create those goals, who can create that outcome? Because I would argue that if you get to that outcome, but you learn nothing along the way, Mm -hmm. I would argue that that's not actually what you want. Yeah. And on top of that, you wouldn't be satisfied with it because you'd just be back in the same place. Well, I got this thing, but I don't know how to do it again. Sure. And so when we start thinking about life as not, it's supposed to be easy, not mm-hmm. it's supposed to be pleasant. Mm-hmm. But if we start thinking about life, when I say life is happening to you or life is happening for you and not to you, one will say, well, no, but I experienced that, or I experienced this heartache, or I had that, or I had this, and it wasn't mm-hmm. a pleasant experience. Uh And in my mind, what I say is you're keeping score with the wrong metrics of what's good, what's bad, because if the outcome of life is growth, then everything is happening for us. There's nothing that we cannot grow from. There's not even a bad experience. We still learned and grew from it. So if every experience, our end outcome is learning and growth. Mm-hmm. then there's not a single experience that we cannot gain from. And therefore we can have the philosophy that everything is for our gain. 
Yeah, absolutely. And the other point I want to touch on is that although we're talking about simulations and, uh, you know, video games uh, and and uh, figments of imagination to help kind of structure different potential uh, outcomes for what this reality is, I want to make very clear that, I mean, I fully believe in God. And I think that God is just as much a player in any of these type of different scenarios as he, she, it, whatever your belief system entails is in this traditional reality. And I think I mentioned this in, in, in our, in our meeting, in our group last week, but I think we know this innately that life communicates with us or God communicates with us through symbolism, through coincidences, through miracles, so on and so forth. And I think we know this innately because when we're, we are in dire straits and we are stressed or life isn't going quite the way we want to go. If you are someone of, of uh, religious faith or someone who believes in God, what do we all say? We, most people say, well, God, please give me a sign. We don't say God pull up a chair next to me over lunch, over a, over a, ham sandwich and let's talk through this uh we 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 ask for the signs because i think innately we know that the way this greater power whether it's life whether it's god whether it's your your inner self whatever your belief system entails it communicates with us through again not the traditional form of language that human beings have developed, but through the symbolism, but through the coincidences, but through the moments that that make us think, oh, wow, yeah, I can make that connection in my head. You know, there's a great quote in The Matrix that says, uh, Morpheus says it, I believe, there's a difference between knowing the path and walking the path. And until, you know, you can listen to this podcast, you can listen to all different types of ideas and philosophies, and you might know it, but it's only when you actually embrace the philosophies or you take the action or you walk down the path that is being illustrated before you that you will get the certainty you need to say, well, now I don't just know it. I'm actually walking the life that that is is um, of evidence to my belief system. So whether you're talking about the law of attraction, whether you're talking about God, whether you're talking about just plain hard work and making things happen, it doesn't matter what your belief system is. You won't actually know it until you take those steps. Um, so I think all of that ties into just this overall conversation that we're having. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that that's a fascinating thing to think about. And when you think about the idea of like thoughts becoming things, like something I'm mm. fascinated with is how often think people, people want to stay in their little boxes. Mm -hmm. So someone, someone wants to stay in the, I'm, uh, religious box. Here's my religion box. Mm -hmm. And then here's my, um, here, here's my more Eastern philosophy box. Mm -hmm. And then here's my law of attraction box. And here's my technology box. Sure. But like, when you really think about it, like how many of us are really saying the same thing when yeah. you have the idea and the concept of like thoughts become things, mm -hmm. one of the, you know, wonderful, wonderful <sighs> book, very little book. It's more of a, it's more of a booklet, but, but the book, uh, as a man thinketh by James Allen, of course, that, right. that book was inspired by uh, a Bible verse, which says, at, uh, I believe it says as a man thinketh, so also he is. Right. And it's this idea that we are what we think. But right. when you look at things that, that many people will refer to as kind of out there and more woo woo, they sure. see it as a completely different thing. But mm -hmm. what's the difference between believing that, that thoughts become things and we can yeah. attract things in our life yeah. and the difference between that and someone who believes that when I believe and pray in faith, that God will bless me and help me create something. Sure. Both of those are, are completely focused on a, a focus, a belief, a faith, 
right. and a belief that thoughts become things. And, and I just yeah. think these things are all connected Absolutely. in a lot more ways. And you said that innate, right? When you say that there's something innate within us, well, think about history. And when you look at um, now we're a very homogenized world where everyone's connected, especially with, with the advent of social media. I mean, mm-hmm. ju- just the fact that you live in Canada, I'm in America. We're not that yeah. far. in the grand scheme of things. We're not that far away from each other, but we would never be hmm. friends if it wasn't no. for this technology of, of Facebook. Of uh, and then not only that, you growing up in India or not growing up, sorry, your parents being from India and you yeah. coming here, but like you look at that and you go, People in, 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 in India, people mm-hmm. in Africa, people in these different, we can, we're all connected now, but yeah. back in the days, there was no connection. That's right. But yet we all had very similar ideas. Sure. Yeah. We all A had very similar ideas, even yeah. though they were not connected. So there's something Absolutely. innate about human nature. Yeah. And, and there's something innate, I think, about our connections as, as human beings. And I think that we need to, I think the, le- the, the more we gravitate away from that ideology, the more conflict we see. And it's such a, you know, life is a paradox. And I find it so amazing that although we as human beings are becoming more connected through the advent of technology and social media, like you said, across the world, we are also becoming more disconnected, more disconnected with ourselves, more disconnected with other human beings. And it's such an incredible paradox of life, which I think that, um, I think the universe seeks balance. I think this is the underlying foundation behind karma. I think you see it in chemistry. I think you see it across of a multitude of different disciplines and um, scenarios that, that, that life uh, presents itself. And I think all of us have been in a scenario where sometimes you work really hard. Let's say you do a lot of hard work for one particular prospect or client, and that client decides not to work with you, or they decide that um, they want to end the working relationship with you, or you're just spending time prospecting. You're getting nowhere from a particular industry that you think you're going to develop some type of business in um, or, or set your mark in. Sometimes what happens is that the hard work doesn't manifest itself. Let's say, for example, I'm trying to get more clients in the real estate industry and I start knocking on doors for real estate agents or real estate brokers. And I'm, every day I'm pounding the cement and I'm just sending emails, I'm making calls, whatever I got to do. Sometimes what I've found, and, and I would love to hear your thoughts on this as well, but the results don't come from that industry, but they come completely from left field. And someone calls me out of the blue and says, Hey, Rishi, um, we heard of you from whatever, and we would like you to do this for us, or we'd like to come have you speak, or we'd you know love to hear more about your services. And I'm willing to at least my belief system is willing to bet that that opportunity was the universe trying to balance itself for whatever reason. It didn't come from the industry. I thought it would, but it came nonetheless because the end result is more business for myself. So I think that that, that point that you're making touches very well on that point. And the other thing I want to say on this token is that if you're willing to accept that life communicates with you through symbols and coincidences and things of that nature, then it's an important exercise for you to look back in the history of your life and see the common themes and see the common threads, because I'm willing to bet that there is some type of common thread that has existed throughout your life that is calling you to walk down a certain path. For example, if you've always been into food, if you, you know, from an early age, you know, asked your mom or whoever was cooking your dad, your grandmother, um, how do you make 
make this, or I'd love to crack an egg with you. And you have always had this dream to open up a restaurant. Well, your childhood life was giving you those hints early on because it was indicative of your path. And we had the same kind of, and I think every, all of us have experiences to different degrees, um, but the same uh, kind of uh, anecdotal evidence with uh, your guests at the, the mastermind with Chris Van Vliet, you know, he, started off working at a fish store in his teenage years. And although life took him into a media personality and he started interviewing the rock and interviewing all these great people, he ultimately now, and he still does the interviews based on what he was describing, but he has a seven or eight figure fishing company that he runs. Um, I don't believe this to be a coincidence. I believe this to be a hint from life, a theme from life that is providing you with the hints that you need if you are open enough to accept them to say, this is what you need to do. This is why you're here. Like you said, talking about purpose. If we're all here for a purpose, I think life communicates with us through a multitude of different ways. It's not the same from ever, for everyone. So, I mean, if you're hearing this and you're saying, well, I need to look back at my first job and maybe that's indicative of what I need to do. Well, no, because that is a specific example in Chris's life. But we all have those types of themes that show us the way or present the opportunities or light the path figuratively that if we pay attention to it, can open up the entire spectrum of our purpose for being. Yes. Yeah. And what a cool thing to see it in that way, rather mm -hmm. than seeing it as, well, it's just happening and it just is. Mm -hmm. Looking at things in a different way, I think it's super, super valuable. Now, Rishi, we could we could talk on this subject philosophically for yeah. ever. We could just keep talking and talking. We've been talking for a while. Mm -hmm. um, I would like to end this with some, I don't know, it's hard to say this with this topic, but some kind of actionable takeaways. Yeah, you know, we've been talking philosophically and I think that if someone hasn't turned this off by now, yeah. uh, they're, they're getting something of value out of it mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. thinking differently. But right. what advice do you have for someone of how they can use the information we've been talking about to right. benefit them, to, to improve their life in some way, shape or form? What, right. what would you have someone do who is now listening mm -hmm. to this or think differently? Well, I think that um, in a day-to-day -day perspective, you know, we, we, we've already spoken about it a little bit. So if you are someone who is easily tempered on the road, or if you're someone who gets into disagreements, if you're someone who takes things very personally at the whim of other people, uh, you have to ask yourself, well, if I look at it from a more empowering perspective, those might not be people who are wanting to give me resistance, but they're actually the, the gatekeepers for my next awareness, for my next step, for the next growth in my life. Uh, in which case those people are great allies of mine. They're not, they're not enemies. They're not, uh, they're not this or not that their, their actual, their actual purpose is to help me grow. Um, and I think that can alleviate a great deal of stress, a great deal of conflict, a great deal of reactiveness in your day-to-day -day life. Uh, the other thing I would consider is that, like you said, if you listen this long and some of what we're saying makes sense and it's resonating with you, then start to play around with the idea that this reality is not what it seems to be and it's malleable and it's to some degree within your control. Uh, and if that's the case, then 
look at the themes in your life, look at the hints that life is giving you, or start to be more aware of them moving forward if there's nothing that immediately comes to mind. And I'm willing to bet that if you're willing to embrace that openness and thinking that the hints will start coming. And if reality is malleable, then there's nothing within your dreams that's given to you that is not within your purview to be able to accomplish. So both on a day-to-day kind of microcosm level, Use this in a way that makes you a better, more full, more fulfilled, less reactive person. And on the macrocosm of your purpose and your your reason of being, let's call it, um, really start to embrace this idea that that you can control and create whatever it is that comes to you. Because I don't think it would come to you if it wasn't within your ability to make it happen. Yeah. Yeah, I absolutely believe that. It wouldn't have come to you if it wasn't in your ability, these dreams, these thoughts, um, these opportunities. And if Mm -hmm. we don't stop, if we don't quit, in fact, if we just start thinking of things as a game, Mm -hmm. think about how different that is. Uh, I I have a friend who is going on two different paths. I'm not going to give too much detail because I don't want to give their information away, but, Mm -hmm. but it was going on two different paths. And one of the paths was something that, he was very passionate about, but with so much passion, there was actually a lot of scarcity around it, a lot of fear around it. It has to work. It has to go. It has to work. But there was a second path that was something he was just doing for fun. Uh. And because he was just doing it for fun, the rejection did not matter to him because it was just a game he was playing. Mm. where the one thing was serious and it was serious. And so every step of rejection that he faced, it pushed him backwards. And not only every step of rejection pushed him backwards, but every, um, every action, there was fear attached to it. Cause what if I do get rejected where this Mm. other one, it was a game. There was no problem. If it didn't work the first time, well, who cares? I'll just try this and I'll try that and I'll do this. Mm -hmm. It was a game that he was after. And the thing that was a game and didn't matter to him is what he had success in. And the thing that really mattered to him is what he had very little movement in. And so if you start thinking about it differently and, and actually in in one way, take our dreams less seriously and look at life as a game and nothing Mm -hmm. matters. It's not that big Mm -hmm. of a deal. It'll all work Mm -hmm. out. And if Mm -hmm. we do that, whoa, how incredible will that be? Yeah. What an incredible thing that will be. Absolutely. I love it, man. Yeah. And I think, I think what you just described is something that a lot of people deal with is that they, they are so focused on the resistance. They are so heartbroken after every rejection and they're so, excuse me, emotionally invested. It sounds funny to say this, but emotionally invested in the logical unfolding of their dreams that they don't take the steps necessary because they don't, they, you can never build that path forward to say, I'm going to meet this person, then they're going to unlock this door, then they're going to introduce me to someone else. But that's exactly how life unfolds. That is exactly, I mean, look at our relationship, Jake. We connected over Facebook, right? And we started just kind of like once every couple of months, we started talking and we had a lot in common. We kind of just became friends. Um, but like I said, the, the trip that, we, that I went on last week to California was a huge emotional and spiritual experience for me. And that would not have happened if we had not connected on Facebook a few years ago. But Five years ago, if I said, 
that I have to meet Jake and then we have to develop a relationship and then we have to become friends and then we have to find business alignments together. Then he has to invite me to a group he has not yet created yet and then make me connect with some of the people we connected with, which will also allow me to connect with the client who I'm going to connect with in the future. You can't map that out, but that's exactly how it unfolded because I'm not concerned with the logical explanation of how it's going to happen. I trust my feelings. I trust my gut as my guide and I allow life to unfold the way it needs to unfold. So if I looked at even just the journey you and I have had together from a logical perspective, I never could have outlined it. And if I did outline it, it would have seemed so outlandish and so weird and so without the realm of possibility that well, do I really need to talk to Jake? Do I really, do I really feel like this is a relationship worth? Nah, I don't know about that. So that's just, you know, just evidence between your life and my life and just our relationship. But this applies to every single discipline, every single person, every single endeavor, every single dream. Um, you can't look at things logically as much as we've been trained as people to do so. It just it's not going to work um, when it comes to the realms of which we're speaking on. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. Well, yeah. Rishi, where can people find out more about you and learn more on your philosophies, your thoughts yeah. and uh, connect with you online? Well, I think the best place is probably Instagram. I post there uh, very frequently. Uh, so it's uh, at Rishi Motivation. So my first name, R-I-S as in Steve, H-I Motivation. So Rishi Motivation. Um, follow me on Instagram and I share a bunch of things that are uh, relative to this topic we've spoken about and a whole bunch of other cool things. So that's awesome, man. Well, I can't, yeah. can't wait, uh, to, uh, get this out so that people can start listening to this and hearing about this. I'm excited to hear the feedback that yeah. will come from it inevitably. Yeah. So thank yeah. you so much, Rishi. You have a wonderful day. Let's get a virtual fist bump to end this. There we go, man. Oh, there we you, go. <laughs> Nothing but love for you, brother. Thanks, man. All right, man. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope that you enjoyed it. Hope that you got something great out of it. And most importantly, I hope that you're going to do something differently because of this episode. I hope that you are going to apply this information. Now, if you have a goal that you want to turn into your reality, then come and join us in the number one goal 30-day challenge. Head over to yournumberonegoal.com to come and join us in the number one goal 30-day challenge.